Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson, and it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Jones has just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately. He's got the handoff, and it's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time for the final countdown 2022 free agency edition with our friend Nick Spano, the co founder over at Ustadium. We're going to get you up to speed with everything you need to know heading into free agency. Well, the legal tampering period, anyway, which starts later today. A lot of news being broken before the legal tampering period even starts. We'll get into it in a second, but you have been a very busy bee so far this weekend, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, the Watson situation alone has been a uh, a roller coaster over the past few days and being close to, you know, someone over with uh, Deshaun, it's, it's fun to kind of have some, you know, information that you don't find everywhere and kind of get to you know, tag along for, for the ride a bit. <laughs> um, and then you have all the, the jet stuff. And um, it's funny because the NFL created this tampering window because, you know, teams were tampering before free agency started. And now teams are tampering before the tampering period <laughs> starts at the combine. So you're probably just going to eventually have to, even though secretly the NFL loves it because it keeps the news and they're able to start a free agency frenzy show four days before free agency starts. So, they love they love being talked about almost as much as Tom Brady does, and you know now they can you know start negotiating contracts at the combine, and people know where they're going to sign then already, and 
these trades are going down like in the beginning of March, end of February. So it just keeps the NFL in the news and um, keeps us all excited too, because especially well now the lock baseball lockout's over, but other than that, you know, the basketball teams around here stink. I mean, I know the nets are a little bit better now, but um, what else do we have to talk about in February, March? Well, I'll tell you one thing we have to talk about and that's Tom Brady. I never yeah, believed great. that he was going to retire. Even when everybody said he was going to do it and Schefter reported it, I just thought there's no way. It doesn't make any sense because he strikes me as the kind of guy where as long as he can perform at a high level, he's going to want to play. And especially considering how he we went out where he came so close to beating the Rams and getting back to the Super Bowl with a healthy Chris Godwin coming back in 2022, I thought there was no way he would walk away. So when he actually did, I was surprised. And then he started hearing the buzz that he might come back. And then you started hearing even more buzz that he might come back, but he might want to force his way somewhere else. And now it's official. And he did it to ESPN, maybe as payback for Adam Schefter scooping <laughs> him on his own retirement announcement. He does it on Selection Sunday. Tom Brady is back. He will return to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if you're a Tampa fan, you've got to be really excited because you had to be nervous going into 2022, not knowing what they were going to do at quarterback. They could have made a run at Deshaun Watson, I suppose. But other than that, I don't really know what options they had. Kyle Trask, maybe going and signing Mitch Trubisky or something like that. It's enough to make somebody want to vomit, especially after having Tom Brady the last two years. Well, now we know there will be a third year of Tom Brady in Tampa. I know a lot of people don't like that. I do. I love watching Tom Brady play, especially now that he's away from New England and I don't have to watch him torture the Jets, especially because if Tom Brady wins another Super Bowl, I am going to taste those sweet, sweet Patriot fan tears again. When Tampa won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, it was like schadenfreude Monday for me. I loved it so much, and I would love for it to happen again. So I know a lot of Jets fans are pissed off that Tom Brady's coming back. I'm not one of them. I'm happy he's coming back, but this is obviously the biggest news right now. Yeah, it, uh, it's like, you know, bittersweet. I mean, I was like, you know, party is like, oh man, he's kind of, you know, the, the hanging on to like the last bit of those legendary quarterbacks, you know, that, that we, well, I don't know, my age range in the, in the thirties kind of grew up watching. Um, then you were also like, well, this guy's finally gone. He doesn't have to haunt us anymore. You know, even though he's in Tampa, you still see him and you still get some bad memories. And then again, you're like, well, the Patriot fans get really nervous when they, they talk about Brady now and he's still winning and they're not. And, it makes them feel like shit and we all enjoy that. <laughs> but it's just this guy is like such an egomaniac. He loves being in the news. Like he loves people talking about him. He probably saw Russell Wilson out of the NFC. Sees a wide open, you know, Aaron Rodgers can't win a big game for his life. So who in that conference are you scared of? So, you know, and unless Deshaun goes over there right now, who are the quarterbacks in, in that conference? The, the NFC East, nobody. Dak's decent. AFC, uh, NFC North, I guess you have Kirk Cousins who signed another one-year deal. He's a maniac, that guy, with the amount of money he's made in the league so far. Uh, what do you have? Stafford, Rodgers, and Brady are mm -hmm. really the only quarterbacks left in that conference. And, um, you know, if you push comes to shove, I'm taking Tom Brady. I mean, I know he just lost to Stafford, but uh, that team was a little banged up and didn't have Godwin. Now with Godwin back on the tag, I'm sure you're going to get a bunch of these guys – going to come back. Gronk will be back. I'm sure you'll hear. Um, maybe Ryan Jensen ends up coming back. I know the Bucks are a little tight for, for cash, but we all know how the cap can be 
manipulated. And I'm sure Brady's going to give some money back in order to keep the band together. So um, who knows? Maybe you had some guys who signed uh, handshake agreements with other teams who now can back out because it's that tampering period, not not official yet. So there's going to be some pissed off teams, I'm sure. But if anybody gets a chance to kind of ride the Brady bandwagon, um, you know, it's probably a better option than uh, most other situations. So part of me is like, can this guy just go away? But then a part of you is like, he's so good. And he's so, he's like ridiculously like playing so well at such an old age. It's like, you can't hate him, but Mm. it's a, it's a mixed bag of emotions, I guess. Mm. To be fair too, Nick, since you said that Brady lost to Stafford, the Bucks lost to the Rams. Let's just be honest about yeah. it. The Bucks were very shorthanded, and the Bucks still came this close to beating the Rams. And if they had beaten the Rams, I think there's a very good chance they go on to the Super Bowl and probably win it too. I think they most likely would have beaten the Bengals if they had gotten there. So I was shocked when Tom Brady walked away because I thought he would have looked at it and said, I've still got another possible Super Bowl in my future. And apparently he did think that. And that's why he's back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. I want to get to the Deshaun Watson stuff a little bit later, Nick, because you've got plenty on that, and it's a big story right now. As the fate of one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL hangs in the balance And we're talking about a guy who's 26 years old So he's going to be around a long time Tom Brady may end up playing till he's 65 But he is 45 Deshaun Watson a full 20 years younger So whoever gets him could have somebody that is their starting quarterback for a really long time Huge story, we're going to get to that But first, I want to talk about what's going on with the Jets The Amari Cooper news, Amari Cooper going to the Cleveland Browns for a fifth-round pick and a sixth-round pick swap. This one upset me, and I know that there have been a lot of debates as to Cooper's price tag and all that, but this is where I come down on it, and this is why I'm a little bit nervous now heading into the legal tampering period. Amari Cooper only has $20 million in guaranteed money left, one year, $20 million, and then after that, he's got two for 40 total, but none of it's guaranteed. So you could try to rework it after this year, or if you move on after one year, you only paid him $20 million for this one year, which to me for a fifth round pick is still perfectly fine value, especially when you have a young quarterback going into his second year who, let's be honest, really needs the help. And Nick, as much as I hate to admit it, you said on Twitter today when you were talking to a couple of people about the possibility of adding an established number one caliber wide receiver, if you had to bet right now, gun to your head and somebody saying bet your life five years from now, 
Is Zach Wilson Mitch Trubisky or is Zach Wilson on the verge of signing a $200 million contract? Right now, the safer bet is probably the former, as much as I hate to say it. Mm. And that doesn't mean that Zach Wilson can't become really good and that he can't become a $200 million quarterback. But if you want that to happen, you've got to accelerate his development. And the way to do that is to get somebody like Amari Cooper. Now, everybody's saying to me, oh, why are you all hung up on Cooper? It doesn't have to be Cooper. The reason that I like Cooper the best in this situation is because cost to acquire him was very low. And again, you're only on the hook for one year. And as far as the money goes, we just saw Mike Williams get a three-year, $60 million deal with about $40 million guaranteed. If Amari Cooper was on the open market, how much less is he getting than that? Is he even getting Mm -hmm. less than that? So you have to think about this in terms of what this does for Zach Wilson in the short term, but also the long term. Because look at all the quarterbacks that have had their development jump started by bringing in a top-notch veteran wide receiver. And Tommy Griffin-Krantz wrote a great piece on this over at playlikeajet.com. I've been promoting it all weekend. If you haven't read it, please go and read it. Plus, if you're not into reading, you can listen to the audio version because I narrated that. So if you want to listen to the audio of it, you can do that. But he has an entire breakdown of all the different quarterbacks who had their development accelerated by that team going out and getting an established veteran wide receiver who's one of the better ones in the league. Also, he breaks down how most rookie wide receivers take time to grow into the Mm -hmm. role of being a highly impactful wide receiver. People will talk about Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Those are outliers. Of the last 40 wide receivers that were picked in the first two rounds, that's over the last four drafts, only four had a thousand yards their first season, which means that the vast majority of the time, these guys have become highly productive, number one type wide receivers take a year to really acclimate and get adjusted to the NFL. And there's nothing wrong with that. And what my point has been with somebody like Amari Cooper is you could trade for Cooper, a fifth round pick. You go and draft a guy at 35, 38, 69, whatever your sweet spot is, because this draft has a lot of pretty good wide receivers. I don't know that it has the same type of slam dunk number one guys that you've seen in certain other drafts, like for example, Jamar Chase last year. But you do have a lot of quality in this draft, so you could go get that guy. He develops. He contributes this year but isn't a star. Cooper's here, and then you see what happens after this year, but for the price of a fifth-round pick, so what? And Nick, you were talking about this earlier, and my friend Chris Walker said this as well, and Chris understands finance and the way these business deals work better than almost anybody. It's all about cash on hand. So you can work the cap however you need to, but the Jets don't have to worry about cap space. The people talking about you can't get Amari Cooper because then you can't get other players, it's not true. And if they were to go out and get Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley was a little bit less money this year. He would have required $11 million this year, but then you're going to have to pay him a monster contract extension to keep him beyond that. And he would have cost you more draft picks. Now, obviously, that's not going to happen because of what happened with Ridley and the suspension, but you get what I'm saying. You want to accelerate Zach Wilson's development. You do not want to make the same mistake that you made with Sam Darnold. That doesn't mean Sam Darnold was ever going to be good. Maybe he never was going to be good. But you would have had a better chance of him turning into something if he had had somebody like Amari Cooper 
in year number two or year number three the way that Dak Prescott got Amari Cooper. Remember what Amari Cooper did for Dak Prescott's development and how much of an impact he made when he showed up in Dallas. I also think it's funny, Nick, that you hear all this stuff about how Amari Cooper's injury prone. He's missed five games in seven seasons, and two of them were because of COVID. That had nothing to do with injury. So he's incredibly durable. I know that he gets nicked up, but he plays, and he produces. Five out of his seven seasons, he's had over 1,000 yards. He's averaged seven touchdowns a season. I'm not sitting here telling you that he's Mike Evans, and I'm not telling you that he's the only wide receiver they can get. Maybe they go out and get Allen Robinson. If they do, fine. Maybe they go and trade for Tyler Lockett or Brandon Cooks. If they do that, fine. But to me, this was an easy one. You didn't have to give up much. They have plenty of cap space. It fills a need that they have that they really need to address And they really should address it via trade or free agency because of what I said before with rookie wide receivers versus veteran wide receivers. If you want to help Zach Wilson, you have got to get him help now. You got to get him help now. And I'm not talking about going out and getting some second or third tier receiver. Nick, you and I were talking about this before we started recording. DJ Shark, somebody like that. DJ Shark had just barely over 1,000 yards in 2019. In 2020, he dipped significantly. And then last year, he had a really bad injury, and he's coming off of that. I understand he was in a bad situation in Jacksonville, but that's really more of a flyer than somebody who represents a possible solution to the problem Uh we're talking about. You can't go out and get somebody like Valdez Scantling. He's not going to solve anything. 680 yards is his career high with Aaron Rodgers. You need to get somebody like an Amari Cooper, like an Allen Robinson, Tyler Lockett, Brandon Cooks, if Ridley had been available, somebody like that. You don't want to pay through the nose for these guys, and that's part of why I like Cooper, because they wouldn't have to pay through the nose. The worst case, absolute worst case scenario is Cooper comes in one year, $20 million, and then they decide he's too expensive after that. And if that happens, and he helped Zach Wilson's development in year number two, so what? For the cost of a fifth-round pick, which more often than not is just going to be used to grab a special teamer or a rotational player, that's fine. No big deal. The problem, of course, uh-huh. here is that you can't guarantee the Jets are going to get any of the other guys we just mentioned. Tyler Lockett, maybe he gets traded, maybe he doesn't. Seattle may or may not be in rebuild mode, Nick, because as has been brought up by several people, Pete Carroll is 70 years old. He was almost gone at the end of this year. John Schneider, you have to figure, is probably on the hot seat. They both convinced ownership to move on from Russell Wilson. If they have another losing season, they could both be gone. They're not going to want to put themselves in a position where they strip the cupboard. And if they trade DK Metcalf, which, by the way, I don't think they're going to do, but if they do, they are going to want a monster haul for him. You're looking at a Jamal Adams type of package, and you'd have to pay him a record contract for a wide receiver. Do you think Joe Douglas is going to do that? No, of course not. He's not (laughs) going to do something like that. So that's why, to me, Amari Cooper was the best solution here. You bring him in here, you have him, you have Elijah Moore, who's a budding number one type wide receiver. You take the pressure off him to fill that role right away. Corey Davis, if he stays healthy, is a solid, if unremarkable, receiver. I think people are counting a little too much on him. He's okay. Never had 1,000 yards in his career. Solid receiver, decent number two, but that's all he really is. And then you can draft a receiver if you want. And by the way, on the subject of Corey Davis, Nick, that's what makes the Amari Cooper thing even more palatable if you were to bring him in. Davis, barring an excellent year in 2022, 
is going to be gone, and you are going to get rid of his salary. Sheldon Rankins is on the second year of a two-year deal. He's almost certainly going to be gone. LaMarcus Joyner is going to come off the books. You've got a ton of these guys that are not going to be here beyond 2022. George Fant may very well be off the books. So plenty more money is going to be available in 2023. So if you wanted to keep Cooper, it really wouldn't have been that big of a deal, even if you couldn't restructure. So like I said, to me, the downside here was minimal. The upside was far greater than any downside you could have incurred. I don't buy the $20 million was too expensive routine because, as we said, Nick, any good receiver on the open market is going to get more than that in guaranteed money. I think Christian Kirk may very well get more than that in guaranteed money, and he's nowhere near as good as Amari Cooper. So, Nick, I know I just talked a long time about (laughs) all that. feel better? I do feel better. It's like audio therapy. This is the conversation that you and I didn't get a chance to have on the phone earlier. And so I'm sort of letting (laughs) you and everybody else know my feelings on it because I've been bottling these up. I know I had some tweets, but it's not the same. 280 characters Mm -hmm. doesn't do it justice. That's where I'm coming from. As I said before, if they go out and they get Allen Robinson, fine. If they trade for Lockett or Cooks, great. But if they end up going out into the discount bin and getting a DJ Shark or a Valdez Scantling or somebody like that, I'm not going to be happy and I'm going to be very nervous about A, Zach Wilson's development and B, what Joe Douglas's plan is here for the Jets in terms of getting aggressive. Because Nick, we heard over and over again, he's got to be aggressive. He knows he's got to be aggressive. He's got to make these moves. He's got to surround the quarterback with top-notch talent. He's got to bring in these pieces that are going to help them win now. I know they're not competing for a Super Bowl, but they have got to compete for at least meaningful games in December, and they have to see significant improvement in Zach Wilson this year. If those two things do not happen, Joe Douglas is in a lot of trouble, and Robert Sala won't mm-hmm. be far behind. Yeah, that's true, and, that, and that's that's what it boils down to, and that's where the frustration hap- you know, comes from with me, and, and I tweeted it out you know, that Joe Douglas has to be careful here because at a point your words start becoming nothing but hot air. You know, you, you already said it to Sam Darnold and yes, he stinks, but at the time we all felt he had a chance. You have to put better players around him. He didn't do it. Year one with, with uh, Zach Wilson. Okay. They went and they got a guy, Corey Davis. It was a bad deal. Sorry. I know it wasn't a big deal and you're able to get out of it after year two. But the player isn't a difference maker on offense. He's a nice little second, probably third option on a good team. He is not a guy who's gonna, like you said, you know, accelerate the development of Zach Wilson. We saw it clearly. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously it was a young team. They were drafting, they were building the foundation last year. That's why Douglas got last year. You know, there was no um you know, there was nothing on him that said, hey, we got to go compete this year. We all knew what last year was. That changes now. And when you go and say it again, that we're going to lift you up, Zach Wilson. That's why that's what we're doing. That's why we brought you here. We're going to be the ones to lift you up, not vice versa. If you don't go out and you don't at least, you know, it, now not getting Cooper, obviously he can't, couldn't, you know, the Ridley situation wasn't his fault. Um but now this puts you in a, in a tough spot where you're almost forced to get Allen Robinson and pay a little bit more than you probably should because of <clears throat> your options are running out. Unless you want to go out and, tr- like you said, try to trade market, it just doesn't seem like that's in Joe Douglas's DNA to move draft picks for players. It's just, it's from, you know, the Ozzie Newsom school where he comes from. 
that's great and all, but Joe Douglas is not Ozzy Newsome. He doesn't. He's not in Baltimore, Maryland. He's in New York, and he's he's GMing and running a team that has a very very hardcore uh, fan base that has seen nothing but absolute garbage for over a decade. And you have a legit have a a portion of your fan base who's never seen like any real playoff football. You're losing you know, the, the future of, you know, New York fans, sports fans, because this team has been so bad for so long and they have been patient. Like this, this fan base sticks with this team, man. Like, you know, we're here doing shows we're we're tweeting all the time. There's bloggers, there's people who invest a ton of money into this team. And if you keep bullshitting them and not going out and trying to compete every year, you're, you're in for some trouble, man. Because if you go out and you, and you take your slow methodical, I'm going to be smart and spend here. I'm not going to overpay for a guy. I'm setting a, a precedent here. That's not going to cut it in New York because then you're going to go out next year and this team is going to struggle to win four, six games again. And that can't happen. <laughs> so you're, you're putting yourself in a position now where it's almost Allen Robinson or bust and you're not going to be the only one competing for him. I know uh, Rappaport said the Jets, Lions, and, and Raiders um, don't count out the Browns, which would be another thing if they lose another guy to the Browns. Um, you're putting yourself in the position that Joe Douglas doesn't like to be in, and that's overpaying for a guy on the market. But if that's what they have to do and they have to spend a little bit more to get a guy with number one traits in Allen Robinson, granted last year was an awful year, but other than that, throughout his entire year, he put up a 1,000 yards with some of the worst quarterback play. So I am all for signing Allen Robinson. I think he, he brings a lot, which the Jets lack. And it takes a lot of the pressure off of Elijah Moore and, you know, helps Zach Wilson, obviously. But if you end up in a position where you get outbid, because Joe Douglas does tend to get outbid, then you could be in some trouble because you cannot go and rely on a rookie for Zach Wilson in year two, the year where you must see some growth. Otherwise, like we were talking about, there's a better chance this guy is off the team in three years than he is signing a $200 million contract extension. So you're putting yourself in, in some you know, some muddy waters here. So Joe Douglas better be prepared in the next, you know, few hours to, uh, you know, maybe, maybe add a couple more, you know, numbers to that Allen Robinson contract and make sure they come away with a, a real difference maker. And Nick, it should be said that I'm all for building the right way and yeah. rebuilding properly. I'm not saying take the quick fix route, but I don't think that getting a bona fide number one type wide receiver for your young developing quarterback to help accelerate his growth is a short term fix. I think what it mm -hmm. does is it really helps the long term. Now, Mark Sanchez never turned into the quarterback that we were hoping he would, but look at what Santonio Holmes did for not only Sanchez, but the Jets in 2010. Holmes had something like six game-winning touchdowns in mm -hmm. that season and had that big one against the New England Patriots. Jets fans felt confident about Sanchez going into 2011. Even if Holmes had left as a free agent after 2010, he still would have done more than enough for the fifth-round pick that Mike Tannenbaum mm -hmm. sent to the Steelers for him. And by the way, I'm not saying that Joe Douglas should go full Mike Tannenbaum and just get rid of all his draft <laughs> picks and go get all these veterans. I'm just saying there's nothing wrong with using a fifth-round pick to go get a mm -hmm. difference maker on offense, particularly to help your second-year quarterback emerge and become a much better player in year two and hopefully beyond. By the way, Nick, before we move on to some of the other moves from around the league, I thought you'd find this funny. 
an old friend of ours who's well-known in league circles, asked not to be identified, texted this to me after the Amari Cooper trade to Cleveland. He says, really good move by the Browns. They basically gave up nothing for him. Unfortunately for Cooper, Baker is not good, LOL. So I thought you would (laughs) enjoy that text (laughs) message. But that, I think, is probably going to be unfortunate for both Browns fans and Cooper because as much as I did like Baker out of Oklahoma, it's not looking good for him in Cleveland right now. Look what Cleveland did, and Cleveland's not exactly uh, the the, the pinnacle of, of of the league, right? Nobody's aspiring to be them. But they took a chance multiple times to get their quarterback talent. They traded, traded for Odell. It didn't work out. They took a chance. Whatever. They moved on from him. They're not, you know, they're not folding up shop because that didn't work out. They just went and did it again and got Amari Cooper. They have Nick Chubb. They have a great offensive line. They're supporting a guy who they had high hopes for. Unfortunately, the guy just isn't that good. But when you gave him some talent, he had that great rookie season. You know, and 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 the team competed, and they won games, made the playoffs for the first time in a hundred years. Unfortunately, Baker just isn't the guy that they thought he was, and, and that's not their fault, basically. But they went out multiple times and and were aggressive. They mm-hmm. they traded for Odell. They traded for Amari Cooper. You know, they they went and signed Austin Hooper. They they made moves to put guys around Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. and yeah, it didn't work. But it wasn't for the lack of trying, and it also doesn't put them in a position today. Three, you know, two years, three years later after making those aggressive moves in a spot where they have to blow the entire thing up because there's still a lot of talent on that team and they have a great offensive line, great a pass rusher, some players on the back end of that team. They built the foundation through the draft, which allowed them to make these aggressive moves, and that's what Joe Douglas is doing. So now Douglas just has to put himself in a, maybe in an uncom- uncomfortable position for him, but in order to make that next step in, in your growth as a team – you have to take the risk and go get players who are above the talent level that you have on the roster already, even if it is a little bit of a risk. And of course, Nick, worth mentioning that Odell Beckham went for one, a three, and Jabril Peppers, mm-hmm. a much steeper price than what Amari Cooper went for here with a fifth round pick. And also, Cooper only has $20 million in guaranteed money left. Odell Beckham had a huge contract at the time. So very different situations, but same concept. Do what you can to lift your young quarterback. Nick, let's get into some of the moves around the NFL. Isaiah McKenzie stays in Buffalo. Got to figure that that will factor into Braxton Berrios' price. Zach Ertz, who you and I both thought would be a good target for the Jets to bring in here along with a rookie tight end. Ertz, certainly familiar with Joe Douglas from their time in Philadelphia and would be a perfect piece for this offense because he's a solid veteran who's been around winning culture. He's got a Super Bowl ring. I would have liked to have seen him come in here as the veteran tight end to complement a tight end that they are going to draft. Unfortunately, he stays in Arizona. Devin McCourty stays with the New England Patriots. I feel like he's going to sign a 50-year contract at some point. Feels like he's been there forever. Michael Gallup stays in Dallas five years, $62.5 million. So a significantly cheaper deal than he probably would have gotten if he'd hit the free agent market fully healthy. He stays in Dallas. I'm sure Dak Prescott is smiling somewhere. Kirk Cousins stays in Minnesota for another year. Not only will he be there this year, but he signed a one-year extension, one year, $35 million. Kirk Cousins is a very good quarterback who has been paid very well. He is a guy that all NFL players should look towards as an inspiration for getting the absolute max value 
out of his career. McCartney does a great job with him. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mike McCartney is one of the best agents in the business. He's done a great job with Kirk Cousins. And he's somebody that should be applauded because whatever you think of him as a quarterback, and you and I both agree, he's been a top 12-ish quarterback for a really long time. There's a lot of value in that, even if he's not elite, elite. He's a lot better than quarterbacks that most teams have had over the last bunch of years, especially including the Jets, by the way. Hopefully that changes here (laughs) with Zach Wilson. We'll see. I think it's a good move for Minnesota. It makes sure that they're set for next year. It doesn't necessarily preclude them, by the way, from drafting somebody like Malik Willis if he falls in their lap at 12 or they really like him and want to move up. Remember, they do have Kevin O'Connell, who's a quarterback guy, comes from that Sean McVay tree, and he's a young guy that has a lot of latitude now. Cousins could help them win now, and they could have Willis sit behind Cousins potentially. So I think that's an interesting one, and I like it for the Minnesota Vikings, even if $35 million sounds like a ton of money. As we've said, Nick, you can always massage the salary cap and they make sure that they keep their guy at least for another year. Also probably tells you that they're out on Deshaun Watson, which we will get to in a little bit. So before we get to Deshaun Watson, any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the the Cousins thing is interesting. It, 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 it locks him into Minnesota this year where they were a little undecided about what to do with him, if they were going to look to move him. Um, then next year he becomes, you know, tradable as well. So if he has another cousin ish year and, you know, he's statistically pretty good and the team doesn't win much, they could look to move on from him there. And that sets up an interesting scenario for a lot of teams. Again, um, hopefully the jets aren't in a situation where he might be of, of thought next year after what, you know, we don't want to get to that situation, but if Wilson has a, not a great year that puts you in an interesting position to maybe bring in a guy like cousins who would give Wilson a run and probably beat him out in a, in a con in a competition, but we don't want to get there yet. Um, the Gallup situation, uh, good deal, good player, not great. Um, bringing back Schultz Gallup, CD lamb. They have, they have enough talent around there. Obviously that Z contract is just rotting away on that team. And it opens the door obviously for Lyle Collins now who's, um, but it is available via trade gave them you know, the Cowboys gave him a chance to seek a trade if not they're probably going to release him and that's probably what's going to happen I would guess is you know a team doesn't want to make a trade for him thinking that he's going to hit the open market I'm not sure if there was a lot of trade interest in him um, so he's an interesting name to watch he'll be one of the better tackles in free agency probably uh, right after Armstead with the Saints after he cashes in Um but, you know, it's a that McKenzie deal is a two year, eight million. Um, interesting because of Berrios, like you brought up, where if Berrios is looking for nine and the Jets are comfortable at that five or six and he only got two years, you know, maybe the Jets do a, a, a four year deal, you know, where they were more comfortable at a three and they meet that five, you know, and they meet at that five million or five and a half and he can you know, say, Hey, I'm an all pro returner. I'm should make more than McKenzie anyway. So that's, I think that was good news. Um, that money when it came out the two years, 8 million, if you really want Barrios back, because if he would have signed, you know, a three year making 6 million a year, then the Barrios price tag goes up even higher. So I don't, I don't think that number was anything that the jets would, would be scared off of with, with Barrios. So, um, they have a few hours until he's able to sign elsewhere. So we'll see what they do there, but it doesn't seem like, anything's imminent on bringing back uh, any of the Jets' current free agents. But um, other than that, it's just been a pretty wild 
couple of days here with uh, the trades and, and re-signings. Nick, now let's get into the Deshaun Watson situation. Looks like the Saints and Panthers are getting aggressive here. He's going to meet with both of them. According to Ian Rappaport over at NFL Network, the Saints, I didn't see coming. I don't think many of us did. I'm pretty sure Sean Payton didn't see it coming because maybe he would have stuck around if he thought that the Saints had a real chance to land Deshaun Watson. I still think that if Carolina can convince Watson to go there, He's going to be a Panther just because I don't see anybody outbidding David Tepper, who is a desperate man, probably willing to give the Houston Texans the sun, the moon, and the stars. However, of course, Deshaun Watson has to approve a trade anywhere because he does have that no trade clause. So it'll be a matter of whether or not the Carolina Panthers can convince him. Sounds like the Saints are one of the top teams in the mix now. I still think the Pittsburgh Steelers would really be a good fit for him. I know that the AFC is sort of logjammed right now, but the Steelers have a really good defense, some playmakers on offense, and organizational stability that very few other teams have. They've got the most bulletproof coach in the league in Mike Tomlin. And I say that knowing that Bill Belichick is still coaching. The reason that I say that Mike Tomlin is the most bulletproof is because Bill Belichick is older, so he could decide to step away at some point. Mike Tomlin, I assume, is going to be around for a really long time and is in absolutely no danger of going anywhere. One of the most respected coaches in the NFL. The Steelers, as we know, give everybody room to operate. So I think that would be a really good spot for him. But it appears the Steelers are not at the top of the list of the teams most aggressively pursuing Watson right now. Nick, break it down for us. What's going on? Yeah, so he kind of kind of put a nice ribbon on it. The, the Panthers and Saints are by far the two most aggressive teams. Um, just setting up probably quick Zoom meetings just to kind of hear out their their pitch to Watson. I think it's more important. And I think it's more procedural, these these meetings. I wouldn't put too, too much weight into them. Uh, both teams have made aggressive trade offers and willing to meet the Texans' three first-rounders plus. Um, probably the Saints will throw in one of their offensive linemen, I would assume, into sweeten the deal a little bit. Um, Panther is probably one of their d- defensive players. They have some young defensive players. Um, so that's probably the the angle there. Um, but in terms of, of what Watson's going to want to hear is they're, they're going to want to hear what they're going to do to surround him. That's what he's worried about, especially, you know, coming from Houston after trading DeAndre Hopkins away and he played with basically a bottom barrel cast that last year or two. Um, so he's going to want to know, how do you plan to use me? Who do you plan to, to get to come and play? You know, maybe Will Fuller ends up wherever he goes, just, you know, he's cheap. He's close with uh, Watson, um, has history together, and you know he wouldn't break the bank on a team like the Saints, let's say, if they want somebody opposite of uh, Michael Thomas. So having Thomas Kamara, um, solid offensive line, a really good defense, good structure in the front office, it's very appealing to Watson there. And then Carolina obviously has P.J. Moore, maybe Christian McCaffrey. They have a good young defense, but the structure in the organization isn't as solidified as – uh, New Orleans is so I'm sure he's being pulled both ways there's some good and bad on both teams the Saints are a little bit older uh, Panthers have a little bit of a younger team but the head coach isn't great uh, the offensive coordinator isn't great Ben McAdoo um, so there's pluses and minuses on both sides it was funny because <clears throat> I was talking um, with uh, someone I know on the Watson side and uh, Tampa Bay came up and you know, they, they said, you know, they weren't very aggressive 
you know, they thought that they would be more aggressive. So they had some, you know, initial interest in him a couple of weeks ago. This is before all of the criminal cases were, were dropped against him on Friday. So not hearing from them, they were a little bit surprised. And fast forward, I think it was four or six hours after I spoke with them. And I brought up to the person I was talking with, I was like, I bet you Arians is just kind of holding out hope that Tom Brady returns. And we kind of laughed it off. I had no idea. It's not like I, <laughs> I don't think anybody knew Brady was coming back. Um, I think we all could have guessed it and wouldn't be shocked by it. Um, <clears throat> then six hours later, I just texted the person I know and I said, you got to be kidding me. And they laughed it off and it was like, well, there's your reason why. Um, then Seattle was the other team. A lot of people have been linking, but they haven't been as aggressive as, as of late. Um, Pittsburgh too, the same way I, they, they want to wait a little while. And I don't think that's, what the Watson side or the Texan side want to do. Um, so they seem to be out as well. And then there's Cleveland who is interested for sure. Um, but I don't think that's a preferred location for, for Deshaun. Um, it seems like they want to go more towards the NFC as the AFC is kind of murderer as well with quarterbacks right now. So I wouldn't be surprised if in, you know, the next day, two days by Wednesday, you know, Friday at the latest, you have Deshaun Watson ending up in New Orleans or Carolina. Gun to my head right now, I would say he's a saint. Last order of business before we run, Nick. There's been some talk of Daniil Hunter, the edge rusher from the Minnesota Vikings, being shopped. Supposedly teams have called about him. I just want to throw this out there. The Jets are not trading for <laughs> Daniil Hunter. So get that out of your head right now. He is due $26 million in 2022, if you thought Amari Cooper was expensive, that is not hmm. happening, especially when the Jets have the 4th and 10th picks and can draft an edge rusher and get him on a rookie contract. And this is a very good edge rusher class. You'd have to give up significant draft capital for somebody like Hunter. He's super expensive, and he's only played 7 games in the last 2 seasons. So put that out of your mind. He is not going to the Jets but it's possible he's moved to a team that has cap space and really wants an edge rusher. Yeah, I don't see it happening. It's you know, you have to trade higher end picks and pay him and we all know that Joe gets a little uh his palms get a little sweaty when that's brought up, so I don't <laughs> I don't expect it. And I, and I don't think it is the right move to make. So I will give him the the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. here. I think if you were to make the move it's for the receiver. Um you're sitting in prime position for one of these edge players and Mm-hmm. Um, you can get him cheap and, uh, Hunter's great. I think he's awesome. Probably one of the best in the game when he's healthy and he's still relatively young, you know, so, um, great player would love to have him, but just where the jets are at now sitting at four and even 10, um, they're in, they're in prime position to get a, an edge rusher, but I would love to, to add a guy like him. So I'm sure there'll be teams definitely interested in him. Um, doubt Minnesota, unless they were to get like a second rounder would move him, um, you know, because it seems like they're kind of going for it still. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. But I mean, crazier things have happened. I agree with you, Nick. I just don't think he makes a lot of sense for the Jets. I don't know if he ultimately gets moved, but if he does, it's not going to be to New York. Nick Spano, co-founder, U Stadium. Thanks so much for coming on and doing the final countdown preview with me for free agency. Things are going to get interesting later today, and we are going to have all the news for you on the podcast throughout the week. We're going to be covering all the nooks and crannies of it. So make sure that you listen every single day to be up to date with all of it. In the meantime, Nick, I believe there's a way that you can follow this stuff on social media and on the internet. It involves, hold on a second, let me see if I have this right, downloading the app. 
Yes, download the app, turn the notifications on, um, and try out the new takes feature. I said it last week and the week before, but um, it's really cool. There's a lot of fun stuff up there. You can either create your own take, which is basically a prediction that has a real outcome. So not not like, I think the Jets are going to be aggressive tomorrow. No, it has to be, I think the Jets are going to sign Marcus Williams tomorrow. Then you put a point value on it. People on the app agree or disagree, and then based on the outcome of your prediction points are awarded and you can exchange those points for actual cash you can cash out um so if you want to give it a try if you have a a take that you think that you're you're the man on um shoot us a dm at U stadium we'll send you over some points to try it out and um love to hear your guys's feedback on that so excited for for you know this entire you know process here and um let's hope next time by the time we talk the jets have added some real impact players Fingers crossed, Nick. Fingers crossed. Make sure that you download the app, turn on the notifications, and take part in the takes function. And follow U Stadium on Twitter at U Stadium. Check out everything we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from down under. Luke Grant has got some really good videos up. If the Jets were to trade for a wide receiver from Seattle, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, which one would make more sense based on the presumed price tag? That's available right now. Also, Marcus Williams, a potential free agent target for the Jets. Luke has a video breakdown of him up. Would he be worth a big payday? Check out the video and decide for yourself. Subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Visit our store at tpublic.com. That's tee We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, bless you, thank you shirt. The Zach Says Go Long shirt. The Zach the Ripper shirt. The Play Like a Jet logo shirt. Caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there. tpublic.com. That's tee and make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.